What's happening, River Point and West End Church? I'm so glad to be with you this weekend. We have been doing a collection of talks in a series over the past couple of weeks called Don't Lose Heart. The reason why is that there's been a lot of loss this year. Some people have lost friendships. Some people have lost money. Some people have lost houses. Some people have lost loved ones. And you know what? We wanted to take a a series, a, a couple of weeks, to encourage you to know that even though things on the outside, there might, you might have experienced a lot of loss, I want you to know that you don't have to lose heart. So how we've been doing that is we've been looking at a, a book in the Bible called 2 Corinthians, written by a guy named the Apostle Paul, who wrote a letter to a church that had really lost heart. They had been going through a lot of things at that church in Corinth, and I believe that what we find in that book are things that can encourage our souls. The first couple of weeks, Patrick and Nathan did a fantastic job breaking down a couple of verses that we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2. Today, I want to uh, zoom in to a couple of verses found in chapter 3 that I think are going to help us not to lose heart. And the first thing that we see uh, is this. It says, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Then it says, it says, he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant, his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Today I'm going to speak to you on the subject of a better response to 2020. A better response to 2020. Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, that we have to uh, study Scripture this weekend. Uh, God, I pray that everything that we read, everything that we learn would encourage our souls. That it would encourage our hearts. And for uh, my friend that's watching today's message. God, I pray that you, uh, you would do something in their lives that you've never done before. May, may you infuse them with your spirit, and may they never give up, and may they not lose heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I think for us to understand uh, this idea of a new covenant, I think we also have to understand uh, a little bit of the old covenant. And, and for us to understand that, I think I want to take your mind to a time and place where you think of an old way that you used to do, well, anything, especially for us, the way we used to communicate. Uh, back in the day, uh, I want you to see this. Now, what, what you see on the screen right now, you might be thinking to yourself, what in the world? Like, like how in the world, like, do, do you remember when we used to own these devices? I remember uh, a day and age when my brother had a pager, and I was so jealous of him, okay? He had that pager that, hung, that it, it had a gold chain and it hung there. And I'm like, you're not a doctor, but like you would just, I would call this number and, and, and it would page him. And it, it, we called it a beeper. And, and I was just so, I thought he was the coolest person on the planet. And I just thought, man, I, I, I wish that I had a pager, but, but, but I couldn't afford a pager. And so I would call this number, this device would vibrate or, or beep on his side, and then he would have to find a pay phone to then 
call me back. I mean, I just remember a day and age, the old way in which we did things is we would literally keep change in our cup holder so that we could make phone calls on, on pay phones or then we got these phones and then eventually what happened is is the world got introduced to smartphones as if our phones before were dumb phones. I mean, I don't know if you remember the old way in which we used to use some of those old dumb phones. Uh, there was nights and weekends. Remember when you had that person that you didn't really like, but you answered the phone around like 8.51, and you were like, hey man, I'm not gonna waste my minutes when you have to call me after nine, okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not about to lose minutes. Remember when text messages cost like per, like 10 cents per message, and somebody would message you and you wouldn't text them back? Now you just don't text them back, it don't cost you nothing, you just don't wanna talk to them. I mean, just, just think about some of these things of the old way that we used to do things. What I wanna submit to you this weekend is I think we need a new way. When Paul says he has enabled us to be ministers of a new covenant, I really want us to dive in to what that really means because I think for you and I, I can't, I can't speak completely for your entire situation, but for me, I have friends. Whew, I, I got Democrat friends. I got Republican friends, I got independent friends, I got non-voting, don't care friends. I, I got friends that love their guns, what's up Texas? Uh, I got friends that love their recycling bin. You ever try and throw a bottle of water away and throw it in somebody's trash can, they almost bite your arm up? You know, like the, I, I, got, I got friends on both sides and the middle of the most polarizing issues that we find in America. And what I, when, when, I, when I find myself in the middle oftentimes trying to get people to come together, when I, when I look at the tensions that you and I have on a daily basis in our jobs and our homes, I have to think to myself, is what we're doing really working? Perhaps the way that we've been doing relationships isn't working. Perhaps we need a new way. And what I want to suggest to you today is this, is that you and, and I have an opportunity to be ministers of a new covenant, stepping into a new way of doing everything. Now, what we see is, is uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is this. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about the components of a covenant. We find out what a, uh, what a covenant is really in the Old Testament, and we see that um, a couple of, of different ways. We see uh, God make a covenant with Abraham. We see God make a covenant with Noah. We see God make a covenant with the Israelites. We see God make a, a covenant with, with David. And there was a certain way that a covenant was made. Covenants were made for relationship. Uh, covenants were made for protection, for trust, for love. Um, th these were binding contracts, agreements, if you will, that says, hey, we're really in this thing together. In the components of a covenant, the first thing was a promise. Someone had to make a promise and say, hey, this is, this is, this, these are the details of our covenant. This is, this is, this is how I'm going to have your back. This is how you're going to have my back. I promise this to you. The second thing that we see is there had to be a blood sacrifice. Someone had to bring a, a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, a bloody one, 
to say, hey, this is how we're going to, to make the deal happen. Thirdly, what you'd find was a bloody path. The bloody path was pretty simple. Um, it was actually in between the sacrifice. So one half of the sacrifice would be there. The other half of the sacrifice would be on the other side, and there would be a path. The fourth thing that we see is that there were blessings and curses. Hey, here's the deal. If you follow these rules, if you do these different, here, here, here are the guidelines of our covenant. And if you break this covenant, here is what's going to happen. And if you keep this covenant, here are the benefits of what are going to happen, the blessings that will happen. And, and five, we see there, there was the, the mingling of blood. There are many ways to do this, but literally, uh, oftentimes there would be a, a cut on the hand or the wrist area and they would lock arms together and literally mingle their blood. In other words, hey, we are becoming blood Brothers, we are binding our families together. I vow to protect you. You vow to protect me. Number six, we see the changing of names. We'd actually take on each other's names. We see in scripture times where God would make a covenant with someone and he would change their name. Seven, the seventh component of a covenant was the exchanging of gifts. Sometimes they would literally give some of their uh, warrior gear, some of their armory and say, hey, all right, we, we are exchanging gifts. These are our symbolism of, of binding this covenant. Number eight, um, it was a covenant meal. At this meal, there would be wine, there would be bread, and it was a symbolism of saying, hey, I will die for this covenant. When we drink, th th this has meaning. And number nine, a witness or memorial event. They would make a memorial. There, there would be something that happens that says, hey, I want us to remember this covenant. And what happens when God did this? God made covenants with men in the Old Testament and with groups of people. He says, hey, I want to make a covenant with you and I want to do something through you for everybody. What happened time and time again is men failed. The groups of people failed. They just weren't good enough. They, they couldn't get the job done. They, they couldn't keep their end of the covenant. And so what you begin to see in the rest of the Old Testament are these prophecies of what would be to come. That there would be a man that would come and fulfill these prophecies. And there would be a man that would bring about a new covenant. Ladies and gentlemen, that man is Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all of, all of those prophecies and, and began to introduce a new covenant. The first time we actually even see new covenant is Jesus is introducing the new covenant during the Last Supper with his disciples. And here's what I want you to know today. I believe what happened at that dinner affects every dinner table we ever had. And I know we all got, we got, a, we all got a Thanksgiving dinner table that we're setting, that we're getting ready for on Thursday. And I want you to know what happened at that dinner impacts our dinner and how we treat every single one of them there. Uh, the Last Supper, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell the story uh, of the Last Supper. What we know from all of their narratives is that it took place around the Day of Unleavened Bread, which was uh, a time uh, for Israelites to celebrate Passover, and they would come 
And uh, unleavened bread is kind of like pita bread. If you like hummus, you would love the Last Supper, okay? Like they, they, would, they, would, they would have set you up really well. Um, so there was a particular uh, order in which things happen um, at this Last Supper. They would call it Seder, would be the Greek word. It, it was a, a way where they would sit down and they would uh, tell stories. Uh, they would sing songs together. They would discuss uh, different social issues. And there would be a celebration of what God had done for the Israelites in Exodus. Uh, their escape from Pharaoh, the parting of the Red Sea, it would be this time where they would come together and say, okay, we are celebrating of this relationship that we have with God and what he did for us a long time ago. But then, what well, I want you to see, in Matthew chapter 26, it says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Now, normally what would happen is uh, the person that is leading a, a, a Passover meal around the day of unleavened bread, is they would hold up the bread and say, hey, this is the bread of affliction that our fathers ate. Anyone who has needs can come and eat. Anyone that is hungry can come and be fed at this table. It was a very unifying moment. And then we find that Jesus says this. He says, then he took the cup and gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Shed for many for the remission of sins. At this dinner table, he's going, hey, when you, when you get together, I want, I want you to remember when you have this meal, I want you to remember what I have done for you. We are creating a brand new tradition, aligning ourselves with what Jesus has done for us, not just celebrating the old, we are celebrating the now. We are celebrating the fact that we could not do for ourselves what only Jesus could do, which is to forgive sins. So you know those nine components of a covenant? I want to show you how Jesus fulfilled all nine components of that covenant to make a new covenant. The first one, a promise. A promise from Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me, in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Some of us are shocked when we see trouble. Jesus is going, in this world? Oh, guarantee it. You will have trouble. But here's, but take heart. Don't lose heart. I have overcome the world. That's the promise. I want you to see this. The second thing is this, a blood sacrifice. What we know about Jesus is what we find in 1 John 3.16. I like to call it the other John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He was the ultimate blood sacrifice. Number three, what we see is a bloody path, which is the, the Via Dolorosa, which means way of sorrows. It's about a half mile long. This is where Jesus carried the cross for my sins and for yours. Uh, number four, we see uh, what was blessing and curses as a part of a covenant. Uh, Galatians chapter three says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. 
You see, this, was, this wasn't an exchange. And then what we see is, is number five, the mingling of blood. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, says Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. And then the changing of names. Jesus said in John chapter 14, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Seven, the exchanging of gifts. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit to be a helper for you and for me. And then number eight, the covenant meal. The one he had with the disciples to say, I'm going to back up what I say with my blood and my life. And number nine, a witness or memorial event. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> look, no further than the cross of Jesus Christ. If you want a reminder of what God has done for you and me, Jesus embodies the new covenant. Ladies and gentlemen, might I suggest we are all first recipients of a new covenant and secondly, ministers of a new covenant. In other words, we are all recipients of something that we did not deserve and our response to what we didn't deserve is giving other people what we think they don't deserve. We are ministers of a new covenant. In other words, I want to explain to you like this. The old covenant was a failed attempt to earn a relationship with God. It just didn't work. We weren't good enough. The new covenant is a response to an undeserved relationship with God. When we respond to an undeserved relationship with God, it changes everything. It changes our perspective. It changed that table, and it should change our table. And we should extend it to every single person we know. You might be discouraged right now, but I want to let you know you are a minister of a new covenant, even in what could be the worst year of your life, you still got good news. You still got something to share with somebody, even in your darkest hour. I want to encourage you this weekend, my friend, do not lose heart. Here's what I want you to see, see about this new covenant, our connection with God has a profound impact on our connection with others. I'm not building connections with other people because there's chemistry. I'm not building connections with others because I just love people that much. We're not talking about if you're an introvert or an extrovert or if you're a people person or I don't know what the opposite of a people person is, a nobody person, okay? Uh, we're not talking about that. No, we're talking about, man, you know what? It's the realization and understanding. I have connection with God that I do not deserve. That humbles me. That, that, that changes me. So... What does it mean to be ministers of a new covenant? 
It means we walk a little bit different. It means our perspective is a little bit different. You know, it takes no work to join negative conversations about 2020. 2020, the worst year ever. I get it. We've already heard that. Why not be a minister of a new covenant and all of a sudden have a new pep in your step and a new song in your heart because you've not lost heart? What if you were the person that came along and said, 2020, greatest opportunity we've ever had to make a difference? Why do I believe that? Because I've been given something I did not deserve. So yeah, in people's darkest hour, yeah, I'm a minister of a, of a new covenant. I just... I think a little bit, I think a little bit different. Pardon me if I don't always go to pity parties. Pardon me if I don't encourage somebody to take heart. Pardon me if I don't tell somebody to be of good cheer. Pardon me if if I don't wake up on a daily basis and realize that God did something for me that I did not deserve. Pardon me if I just take a moment to respond. Man, I think as ministers of New Covenants, We as a collective unit should be the most grateful people on the planet. Not just because it's Thanksgiving on Thursday. I'm talking about in life in general. On our worst day, God has been faithful to us. Don't lose heart, my friend. You're a minister of a new covenant, which might mean that you might need to be a minister of a new perspective, which might mean you might need to be a minister of a new way of thinking, a new way of talking. Because again, by talking about how bad the year is, who's that helping? Is that, is that helping? Any, is, has anyone... Has anyone's year gotten better from us going, oh, yeah, 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 2020 is horrible. Has anyone's year gone, oh, it got better. No, but I wonder what would happen if we were the difference makers that I believe we can be. Don't lose heart, my friend. You want to know what I think is the most appropriate response to a new covenant? It's gratefulness. And that's why I want you to write down what you're grateful for. I want you to write it down, and then I want you to cherish it. I don't want you to, I don't want it to just be on a piece of paper and go, yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, man, that how, man, you know what, we didn't lose that. Okay, man, you know what, that car, okay, these clothes, okay, I was like, I want you to write down what you're grateful for. And then I want you to, I want you to hold it tight just a little bit and just go, God, thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what I do have. I may not have everything that I want. I may not even have everything that I need, but I got something. Man, some of you might want to go home, scoop up your Bible and just hold it tight. Say, Lord, thank you for your word. Man, some of you, (laughs) I want to just plop on your bed and just go, you know what, I got one. Praise God for it. And I don't just want you to write down what you're grateful for. I want you to write down who you're grateful for. And I don't want just their name to just be on a list. I want you to write down who you're grateful for. And then 
I want you to tell them. I know it's been a tough year, but guess what? 2020 isn't over. You and I got about 40 days left. And I think in those 40 days, we shouldn't lose heart. I think we should be the most grateful people on the planet in light of what has happened for us, in light of the connection we were given that we didn't deserve. I think it changes how we treat people. I think it changes how we talk about everything that's going on all around us. I think we should cherish the things we do have. And I really believe that we should cherish the people we do have. This Thursday, I hope and pray that you take a moment to just be grateful. Before Thursday, I hope that you take a moment to send an intentional text message, that you take a moment to send a DM, not sliding into a DM, I'm talking about like sending a direct message to someone that is encouraging, that says, man, I'm, I'm grateful for you. I think that's a proper response as ministers of a new covenant. My hope and prayer for each and every person under the sound of my voice is that whatever happens, whatever comes our way, that we wouldn't lose heart because we realize we are ministers of a new covenant. God, I thank you so much for each and every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that they would understand the gravity of what it means to be ministers of a new covenant to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody set? Amen.